This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Good morning, Canada. Welcome inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Sacchino is on his way home. Looked like he had quite the roto where he was playing. We'll get into that shortly. Bob, how are you feeling this morning? Better or not as good as our Toronto Maple Leafs? Oof, what a disaster that was last night. <clears throat> not uh, not a very good if you're a Leaf fan. And uh, really from the word go, I mean, they just got outplayed, outworked, outhustled. They got some marginal or uh, more, <laughs> maybe worse so calls from the referee that that cross, supposed cross-checking penalty on my boy Luke Shen, where he just pushed him with his arm. That was a brutal one. Um, anyway, not much to talk about if you're a Leafs fan this morning, other than maybe just to cry a little bit. Yeah, maybe some tears. And I know First Up spent a lot of time debriefing that victory. But I mean, you know, we, we are hockey fans as well. And we'll get to the golf here shortly. But yeah, there was certainly, there was a lot going on in that game, Bob. There were defensemen who really were running around as if it were peewee hockey, losing their man in front. You know me, the former goalie. I'm always going to look at it from a goalie perspective. Ilya Samsonov didn't quite have the Velcro on his chest protector like he had for the majority of the year. There were rebounds bouncing off left, right, and center. Uh, I know <clears throat> I know Sheldon Keefe didn't commit to starting Samsonov in the next game, which is just going to create the, all this hoopla here in the GTA, which I'm so excited about. But, uh, you know, it just it wasn't the greatest start. And for the Maple Leafs, I'm curious, Bob, how, uh, how the next uh, 36 hours are going to go here for Sports Radio in the GTA. Uh, well, for sports radio, I'm sure it's going to be, especially for those call-in shows, you know, Mike from Woodbridge or whatever, they're going to be lambasting them. I think the Leafs, uh, they have enough for the experience in that locker room now that they can go and say, look, guys, it's one game. Uh, yeah, we lost home, home advantage, but uh, let's let's just not try and really dig ourselves a hole here. So we got to come out a little bit better. I mean, they, uh, it looked to me like they just kind of came out flat. They got outworked. The forecheck by, um, by Tampa was... Uh, pressing right from the from the first drop of the puck so hopefully they can get themselves going a little bit faster in the next game but you're right for the next little while it's going to be between social media and talk radio uh it's not good if you're a leaf i'm really curious when overdrive gets on the air at 4 p.m are they going to play the al's brother new justin bieber rap thing i'm not sure bob if you saw that there was about zero rhyming involved with that and al's brother had the the shades on. He had the big turtleneck going. He looked very stylish. But I, I mean, I mean, that's going to be must see TV and listen or must listen radio, I should say, as well, or podcast if you can't catch it live at 4 p.m. The Overdrive guys. It's going to be great. Okay, we're a two-hour show. We got our three-minute hockey fill in because we're here in the GTA. We had to do it. Leafs down one nothing. A huge seven-three loss in game one. They won five nothing last year in game one and lost that series. So you never know how it is going to fare. Uh, later in the show today, getting back to golf, we'll be joined by golf producer extraordinaire Jamie Rydell to look back at the Masters, look ahead to the Zurich Classic of New Orleans, talk about Brooke Henderson, talk about his love for wearing <laughs> shorts in all temperatures. Uh, he's he's bump right, Bob. He's are, are you run? Is he he's bump? bump. Is that right? Okay, I'm okay. run. 
Okay, so we'll, we'll get, that actually does make sense now that my brain commute, uh, computed. That makes a lot of sense. So we'll get, we'll hear from Jamie Rydell. We'll also uh, chat with Christian Anderson, who was our 20 Weeks of TaylorMade Grand Prize winner. I had a chance to uh, interview him recently. He was just in Casa de Campo uh, after taking home our Grand Prize, the Big Hoopla, which was a trip for two to Casa de Campo, as well as a full set of tailor-made clubs we'll talk all about that experience that's coming up as well in hour two but lots to get to today let's start it off with some news and headlines news and headlines are brought to you by sandbagger hard seltzer sandbagger everybody knows one well, Bob, a couple of weeks ago was the first men's major of the year at the Masters, and John Rahm went on to win that week by four shots. And now this week, getting underway, the Chevron Championship, the first LPGA major of the year. Now, I know, obviously, on Monday show, we talked about this, and we're going to talk about this again, and specifically Brooke Henderson, but also two other Canadians playing in the field this week, which we're going to get to here shortly. But for Brooke, um, you know what? She had a, obviously a great season last year in the majors. The victory, four other finishes of T16 or better. And now, Bob, she has taken some more time off early in the season to make sure she is ready for this first major of the season. Given her finish last week at the Lotte Championship at T11, how high are expectations for Brooke this week? I think everybody in Canada's got uh, high expectations for Brooke, and rightly so. I think she understands that. She's gotten used to it. She knows that no matter where she plays, there's always going to be Canadians rooting for her at home, and <clears throat> likely Canadians in the in the audience either wearing Team Canada jerseys or Canadian flag hats or something like that. <clears throat> she's come to to do that. I think I think it's a big uh, it's a big mystery for this for the entire field because this is a course they haven't played this major on before. If you go back and look at their past records, um, there's some players who played very very well, but it was always, <clears throat> excuse me, at the uh, at the course in uh, Mission Hills. So uh, this is a little bit of a learning curve for everybody, and it'll be interesting to see. Brooke's going to um, talk with the media today, so we'll get a little bit more on on her thoughts and uh, and her. I don't know what her strategy might be going into this golf course, whether she likes it or not. I'm sure she's going to say good things about it. But I think we, we outlined earlier in the week and on uh, television you'll hear afterwards is, you know, the, the, the only kind of question mark right now is uh, her iron play. And we're sort of, it's in the, over the last few tournaments, it hasn't been as sharp as it usually is in terms of uh, greens and regulation. So we'll see if she's got that straightened out for this week. Yeah, for sure. The, the iron play is, is certainly interesting. And uh, on the other side of things, her putting, ha, her putting stats have improved. Now, obviously, some of that has to do with having much shorter putts where she's hitting fewer greens in regulation and having, you know, four or five footers for par instead of 30, 40 footers for birdie and, and two putting from there. But overall, it, it seems like aside from the iron play that, you know, strokes gained around the green, She's really made some improvements, and I, I know you, you, made, you made the point on TV, and I really liked it, that um, she's really tried to change the arsenal of shots around the green that she has. She does, just doesn't have the one, let's pull up the 60-degree wedge and hit a little zipper in there. She has the flop shot, a pitch. Like She has a number of different shots now that she can turn to, depending on the situation. She's she's improved. I wouldn't say she's uh, maximizing what she could do from this is just from hearing from other people who told me these stories. 
And, uh, she, you know, she's, she has been mostly one-dimensional with her short game throughout her early part of her career. So I think she realizes you have to have more than one shot. You can't just play everything high up in the air, land it, and hope it rolls up to the cup. So there are different things. Even her bunker play, uh, which has also been a weak part of her game, has improved statistically anyway this year. It's very, listen, it's very early in the season. We're talking about just a handful of events. The LPGA Tour is really just now starting to kind of get into a flow so I think it's probably better to sort of look at this maybe in a month from now or two months from now and see where she is. But certainly, um, if there are red flags that go up at this point in the season, the ones are for her iron play and then maybe a green flag, as you said, for her short game, which is seems to be improving a little bit. Maybe that's where she spent a lot of time working on. And the one thing I will say she's also done a lot of is for the first time in her career, she's in the gym. Mm-hmm. And that was a result of last year. Remember, at the end of last year, she had a back issue. Uh, she had to let that heal, but the doctors sort of told her, you know, you got to keep these things strong. And so I don't think she was a person who was in the gym, but you can see it in her in in her uh, physique now. You can see that she's a little leaner, a little stronger, and uh, that can only help her game. And that was a, a similar situation, Bob, to Rory McIlroy when he first came on the tour. This was years ago, obviously, but he was told that if, unless you get stronger you're going to hurt your back. It's just science. It's just going to happen. And when you see Rory, when you look at images and video of Rory McIlroy, for example, at the 2011 Masters, when he didn't have his best second nine uh, on Sunday, shooting 43 and, you know, blowing the tournament really. And then you saw him three and a half or three years later when he won the two majors at the open and the PGA championship, he looked like a different human being. You could see it in his face. You could see it in his biceps. You could see it in his, in his physique everywhere. And obviously, you know, like we've spent hours on this show talking about fitness in golf and, and flexibility in golf. And it's not like you have to go and deadlift 500 pounds, although that is fun sometimes to do, you have to, you know, do things that are specific. (laughs) You have to do things that are specific to your body that, you know, help spine flexibility, that lower back strength, leg strength, hip strength. And whether you're Brooke Henderson or you're Bob Weeks, this is just good for your overall golf game and, and health too. Absolutely. Without a doubt. And I think if you look at Brooke's swing, it's not a natural swing. It's not a, an orthodox swing if you break it down, especially with a driver. And so there's all sorts of different moving body parts in there that she has to learn how to protect. She's only 25, but still, I think when you're 18, 19, 20, you don't ever think about that stuff. You think you're, uh, you're just uh, bulletproof. <clears throat> but I think those things come about. And even for older guys, especially like me now, I spend a lot of time even just stretching and doing things like that where you can get out and before a, before a game to kind of help prevent some sort of I wouldn't say injuries, more like ailments, like the pulled muscle. That so. Uh, anyway, Brooke is Brooke is down that line now, and something that Lexi Thompson has has done for quite a while, and she's um, she puts stuff on her Instagram and she works out hard. So I think that's the nature of the beast. And Mike Weir always told me that when he kind of got on tour, he was a fitness guy, and he used to go to the uh, the gym, which was a trailer at that point, and he said there was like th- maybe three, maybe four guys. He said it was me, Tiger, and a couple other guys in there. He says now they have two full gyms that go with them on the road because there's just so many guys. Every guy on the tour now knows that, and I suspect the same thing is true for the uh, for the women's tour. Yeah, totally. It's going to be so much fun. I think now that golf season is really starting up, some private clubs now opening as of today. Maybe on Golf Talk Canada social media, you'll see some of some stretches you can work on to get yourself ready and activated for golf season. Now, Brooke Henderson, of course, is one of three Canadians playing this week at the Chevron Championship. The other two, Moda Leblanc and Maddie Zierich. Now, both of these players, Bob, have had good finishes. Both players have finishes of T13 or better this season. Uh, I mean, given their past finishes, 
I mean, expectations for either of them. I mean, I mean, either of them can easily contend this week. But just overall, what's it what's it like for us now to be able to speak about uh, the par- the depth of golf in Canada? We've seen it on the on the men's side, but now on the ladies' side, that more and more ladies are contending on the LPGA tour. More and more are women. Let's call them women, not ladies. <laughs> just, I've been corrected on that memory many okay. times. So, but you're right. It's um, it is uh, it is growing. It's not at the same part where it is. But if we look at what the effect that Mike Weir had, you know, maybe it's going to take another ten years before we see the effect that Brooke Henderson has. But uh, having said that, I think Maddie Zarek is uh, is a wonderful talent. She's basically in her second full year on the LPGA tour, still a, um, a bit of a learning curve. But she said earlier this year when she had a really good finish that. Uh, now I feel like I belong. I'm not kind of like this new kid on the block looking at everything going, wow, look at that. So she's, she's able to go out to the tour events, focus on her game, which is very good. Uh, Monami uh, LeBlanc is an impressive talent and has had uh, sort of some issues off the golf course in terms of, uh, of, of feeling like she belongs and, and mental things more than physical things. She was a great standout uh, Canadian amateur champion, NCAA champion with uh, Purdue, I believe it was, and um, came onto the tour. And she's one of the longest hitters on the LPGA tour, among the longest hitters. And her putting has really improved in the last couple of years. She's up probably in the top 30 in the rankings on, in putting. So if you can combine that long hitting with that putting, I think you know that can go a long, long way. She's She's a talent that I've always sort of thought, I'm just waiting for her to, to break out. She's, she's got all sorts of games. She doesn't, didn't, in her, in her earlier years, didn't have a lot of confidence, not so much in her game, but just in her own self. And I think you're seeing that change a little bit. Um, she and her, and her partner have uh, made a pact to go back out on the tour, and the two of them are traveling around and doing, you know, going at it and taking a serious attempt at it after sort of a year or two away from the game. And, and she is she is something else. It would not surprise me at all to see her have a really good finish this week, if not possibly even win. It's the first major of the LPGA season, and <clears throat> Bob and I will also be previewing that on Speed Golf a little later today on SportsCenter. Now, before we go to break, uh, there was some news coming from the RBC Heritage, and that was the ratings. Now, CBS drew a 4152 million viewers for Sunday's final round, up 11% from last year. This is the most watched final round on the PGA Tour this season, excluding the Masters. So what do you take from that, Bob? Is that, I mean, you know, we've spoken about designated events being all jammed together, but when people see a good leaderboard, they're quite simply going to watch. What do you take from this? Yeah, there's always a lot of things that go into why people watch golf on television, why the ratings go up. But I do think that the brand, the big names being in the hunt, does it? You look at the the ratings from uh, the Genesis this year, the, from Phoenix this year. They're all up there, and I think these elevated events that was sort of the attempt to try and do that. It's not a major, but it's similar to it where you're getting these big names and people can relate to them. And you don't have to be a hardcore golf fan to know who Jordan Spieth is, or to know who Patrick Cantley is, or or Matt Fitzpatrick. So that helps as well. Um, what it does in, in Canada too, the numbers, apparently I haven't seen the actual numbers, but I've been told by some people at work that, it's, uh, that the numbers were up considerably, so that's good as well. And, uh, and it's, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's sort of got to be celebration time at PGA Tour headquarters because this, uh, this whole process of the designated events is paying off. 
Yeah, so far so good. Definitely paying off. Well, this week coming up is not a designated event. It is the Zurich Classic of New Orleans. It is a team event. On the other side, we're going to hear from two of the teams who many think could contend this week. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf, offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score, good for your health. Visit JPSMGolf.com to find a trolley that fits your game. JPSM Golf, Canada's premier electric golf trolley specialist. Welcome back inside another Wednesday edition of GTC. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks, the first leg of our double header today. You can also watch us at 1 p.m. on TSN 4 and 5, and we'll take some time now and during that show, too, to take a look now at the Zurich Classic of New Orleans, a team event this week, a very different event, completely different format on the PGA Tour. Overall, Bob... Do you like this format? Do you not like this format? What do you think? Uh, I like it, especially as it comes in an event that's, you know, got an awkward spot on the calendar. I think it's a different. I think it's fun. I think the players like it. Uh, there's a lot of players who would probably not be playing this week if it wasn't for the fact that they were playing with some of their buddies. It's, uh, it's an historic event. It was obviously not always a team event, but George Knudsen won this event back in the 60s. Uh, it's been around, I don't know, I think back into the 50s. So it's, uh, it's a good event. And I think I'm glad that they sort of found a way to distinguish themselves. So they're not, you know, like the John Deere becomes the butt of all jokes in a lot of, in a lot of cases when you're sort of thinking of a, of a lower tier PGA Tour event. And it's, it's, a, um, it's good that they've done something that's fun like this. And I like it. Why not change it up for one week a year, right? Why? why why not have something that's that's a little bit more? Uh, uh, it's fun. That's the only word I can think of. Yeah, and it's it's certainly different. And different is always a good thing for the player, the viewer, the consumer, the media member covering it. It's just something different to look at. And from an odds perspective, this week on FanDuel, there is an overwhelming betting favorite, Patrick Cantlay and Xander Shoffley at plus two ninety pre-tournament. Like those odds are absolutely ludicrous to be that low and we'll, we'll get into uh there and perhaps our ts and edge picks a little later in the show to see if someone picked that duo hint hint yes someone did perhaps two people did but second on the betting board on FanDuel, colin morikawa and max homa they are plus 750 uh, for them to win. Before we discuss Colin Morikawa and Max Oma, two of the best players in the world, let's hear from both these guys as they get set to partner up this week. I think this is it's a very fun event. Uh, it's a nice change of pace. Getting to play a team event is uh, for you know FedEx Cup points is pretty pretty awesome. Um, and yeah, getting to play with Colin, two-time major champion, uh, that's a it's an easy job for me. So I, I appreciate that. Uh, but yeah, I've gotten to know Colin since he was in college and always uh, really respected how he went about his business. Um, 
obviously appreciate the way he plays golf and uh, to get to partner with him and, and get to compete with him and make some birdies uh, will we'll be fun but it's a, I also think we make a, a very good team and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, getting going on Thursday. Yeah, Colin, how excited are you to be teeing it up with Max? I'm very excited. Um, I, look, I, I sent him the text, and he kind of gave me the I'll, I'll get back to you later type thing. Um, you know, Max has given me a lot of praise, and I'm going to give him a lot of praise right now. Um, he, he was our volunteer assistant coach when I was in college, and, and you don't really do that when you're fighting for your card on the PGA Tour or you're grinding on the corn fair. I think at the time he had his tour card, um, but I, you hadn't won yet. And, like, you don't – you don't really do that, you know, not many guys would do that. So the effort he puts into things that he truly cares about and the people he loves is incredible, right? And, and people see him on Twitter, people see him, you know, on social media, but he truly does care about a lot of people. And it's amazing how that comes through. And it's just hard to find people like that. And it's, I'm very lucky to have someone like that as, as my partner this week. Um, his golf speaks wonders. I mean, he's a six-time PJ Tour winner. I was trying to get my six before I got to this event, so we, we can good, somehow get tied. But, um, you know, it's uh, I'm very lucky to have him as a partner. I'm very excited. So, Bob, these guys have combined 10 top 10s and two victories this season, both of them coming uh, from Max Homa. Now, I mean, it, it's hard not to like these guys this week not only for their performance individually on the golf course this season on the pga tour but the fact that they've also played on the same team not specifically as partners in the president's cup but they did play together on that dominant team uh, back in the fall what do you think of this duo heading into this week gotta like them i mean um <laughs> i i always find that uh the teams that do really well whether it be president's cup Ryder cup or this event or any event for that matter usually involve two guys who are buddies who are friends who are pals who want to play with each other who aren't sort of you know fit together as it were <clears throat> um and so i think with these two guys you get that sense just listening to them right there i mean it just seemed like they're anxious to get going and anxious to have some fun and play together and get out there and uh, and enjoy themselves. And, and as I say, I don't, you know, you can look at the, the formats and it's always to me, whenever I play any kind of stuff like this, it's always, they always say, you know, don't apologize for when you miss or something, or when you put the other guy in a bad position or something. And if you can do that and have more fun with it, then opposed sort of going, Oh my gosh, I've hooked it behind a tree in the alternate shot or something, or I've missed that putt. Now you have to make yours and better ball. I think that goes a long way. You've got to have the right mindset, Bob, and I know you have that in the uh, in the infamous Weston parent-child event uh, with your will written in pencil, <laughs> and I have the same thing when Mama Skulls and I pick out our matching outfits for the for the parent-child as well, and I put her in some places last year that I didn't know existed on the golf course. But anyway, we'll get to that a little later. Um, another do I want to talk about before we go to break, and this is a little down looking down at the betting board, is the Fitzpatrick brothers who are plus 3,600. And you might think, how, how are the odds so long here, given Matt Fitzpatrick won last week, T10 at the Masters? Well, he's playing with his brother, who is making his way up in the professional ranks, if you will. And they had a pretty funny back and forth about how this partnership really came to be. Let's take a listen. Everyone was pestering me. <laughs> yeah, it was basically what it was. His coach, um, mom and dad. Yeah, he was kind of forced into it a little bit, but um, yeah, I uh, I can't remember what I was doing. I received a text and it was like, what are you doing on these dates? And 
half of me kind of knew what it was after all the pestering and I thought we'd finally got through to him and uh, yeah he, he I got the text through and it was like um, what are you doing on these dates and I was like nothing because I knew I knew what dates they were and he was like do you want to play I was like yeah sure I you know I'll check my busy schedule and make sure I can make it but yeah um, yeah I, I agreed and, and now we're here so for a little context and perspective Alex Fitzpatrick is 705th in the world and has spent some time playing on some of the DP sort of challenge tours uh, overseas this is just a good thing for Matt Fitzpatrick to do Bob because you know we see him and and you made this point a couple times on Monday show and on our TV show too is and that like he, he's a pretty serious guy and he's a nice guy but he's a serious guy and sometimes you don't really see that that personality come out but I think when you get some brotherly love or maybe put him in a bad spot I think we might see I see some maybe not fireworks between these two but it'll be fun to watch these guys play together yeah Matt had some fun in that press conference he was talking about the differences between the two of them and he says I'm I'm grumpy he's happy and went sort of on and on about the differences between the two. But um, as you said, Alex is a good player. He's uh, he played four years at Wake Forest, which is a A level school. You got to play at. I mean, Arnold Palmer went there. Webb Simpson went there. Sam Bur- or, uh, Cam Young went there. Um, and then he uh, lost in the final of the Spanish Amateur. So he's got some chops. He can play golf, and uh, he played Valspar a year ago, I think, as an amateur. Got a, a an exemption. I'm not sure quite how would he ever get that um but anyway it's it's sort of um like chase kepka and brooks kepka you know if you're if your brother can open the door for you a little bit why not walk in through there and uh, and good for the for them to have some fun and again this kind of goes back to what we were saying before about this event this is what makes it kind of different this is what makes it fun and i and i like that idea yeah totally and you know alex fitzpatrick also played a couple of events last year on pga tour canada best finish was a t11 at the Sotheby's International Realty Canada Ontario Open. So Alex Fitzpatrick, Matt Fitzpatrick, 36 to 1 if you're looking for some value and someone riding a hot hand and Matt Fitzpatrick playing with his brother trying to make his way up in the professional game. On the other side, we're going to chat with our dear friend Jamie Rydell and we're going to discuss Brooke Henderson. We'll look at the Zurich Classic of New Orleans. We'll also maybe ask Jamie about slow play in the world of golf because that continues to be a hot topic and we're going to hear from one Matt Fitzpatrick as well later in the show on that topic because he had some pretty pointed words. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by JPSM Golf, offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score, good for your health. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Hi, GTC, Scully and Weeks alongside Bob. I have to tell you, before we bring Jamie Rydell in, I was pretty fired up before coming onto the show because I was texting with our good buddy Ralph Bauer, who was giving me some swing thoughts, adjustments, alterations that I will be implementing and they involve a chair, 
which is interesting, maybe a drill or two, perhaps. So we'll get into that a little later because uh, it's 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 something that is so foreign to me and it feels very weird, but I'm going to do my best to try to work on that. But we'll, we'll get into Ralph Bauer a little later because he's a great guy and a dear friend of the show. But now joining us on the line, another dear friend of us and a great friend of the show, Jamie Rydell. Jamie, how are you this morning? Scully and Weeksy, what's happening? Uh, do you, before we dive into the very uh, hard-hitting journalism, journalistic questions, uh, are you wearing shorts today? It's about four degrees Celsius. I, I am in shorts. Heads down. <laughs> wow. I mean, <laughs> like, okay, let me, okay, oh, okay, shorts. that's fine. Let me, let, me tell you, let me tell you a story last week, or two weeks ago when we got to the Masters, they put up, there was a notice, we have, a, we have an office in this international business or isn't in the International Broadcast Center, there's, all the countries have their own offices. So we have one where everyone sits in the morning. And there was a notice on the board awaiting us that had a, uh, an, a note that said, and by the way, shorts are not allowed on the property. And, <laughs> and Jamie, our producer, went white because essentially, I don't think, did you have any other pants? I don't think, I don't think you had anything but maybe shorts, did pair, you? Maybe one pair of pants, and, all shorts. Wow! I only okay. wear shorts. Well, anyway, the uh, we we found out that it wasn't it wasn't necessarily for our broadcast crew. It was just for the crew that was actually broadcasting the Masters for CBS and the World Feed. So we sort of escaped that. And uh, phew, otherwise Jamie would have been out to Walmart. Wow, <laughs> that was that would have been that would have been something. Now, since we're on the Masters talk, uh, Jamie, before we actually talk about Rom's victory, uh, we, we've done this a couple times this year when we had our golf analyst, Kristen Murphy, on the show, giving people like a behind-the-scenes look of, of what it really takes to put a broadcast like that together. Because mm-hmm. people tune in, and here in Canada, we have probably the best coverage worldwide of watching the early coverage, of seeing players mm-hmm. tee off early. So, And you're there. You're running the show down there. Give our listeners some perspective on what it takes to get something like that to air every day. Well, a lot of, you know, a lot of it is we have two crews, right? So we got the crew in Augusta, we got the crew in Toronto, and the crew in Toronto is juggling the feeds, right? So when we're on the air with our curated feed, TSN4, we're jumping around a lot. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a process because you could, you know, you're trying to follow the main people and where they might be and anticipate where they might be come certain times of the day that we want to get to them. So... You know, if Corey Connors is heading towards Amen Corner or, or Rory McIlroy is heading towards 1560, you want to try on our particular feed, you want to try and get to them. But sometimes you're jumping, you're jumping around a lot so much because some of these feeds are going to commercials. There's not necessarily the best communication when when they know. So it's it's a it's quite an undertaking with a lot of people to put that on air. And like our crew is is nine and we have Lanny who is our technical wizard who if things go down it's one guy trying to fix everything that we have with the help of our our, our world um, our world team from uh, IMG but it's it's a pretty crazy thing that we you know we're on the air for five hours then we then there's another four hours of golf usually and then we're doing our post shows which you were part of Scully this year and it's it's just it's long days um, and this year, especially as well, because we were, you know, with so many delays, there was a couple shorter days 
um, because they canceled play, but it just leads to longer days the next day. But it's, I, I would never give it up. I love it. Um, but it's, you know, when we're trying to put the proper people in the proper places for our particular channel, it's, uh, there's a lot to go into it. There's, you know, two or three producers on the other end with me mm-hmm. trying to track mm-hmm. stuff. And, I, you know, I'm trying to keep the guys up on on what what the leaderboard's at right now, what a guy's at if we're going to it. So it's it's a, it's quite an ordeal. It's it's also, I should, should point out too, Jamie, that a lot of the work gets done even before we get to Augusta in the right. two, three weeks leading up to it. There's so much work and so much correspondence yeah. between you and the people in Augusta and uh, Nicole Anderson, who's our, yeah, our, our man, production manager. I mean, everything from, you know, how are we going to get our dinners to uh, the essays right. that we're going to run on SportsCenter. It's right. just, it's a, it's a huge, huge undertaking. And, and we built the new indoor set this year, which, like, was, which basically was a seven, which basically was a seven month process of getting Augusta to okay it. Then Nicole and some carpenters went down and built it. And then we, we kind of synced it up for when we got there. We have to set up the sets, um, put everything into place. We had a lighting guy. We have lighting guys come in for a studio to hang lights and everything. So the, the new set also threw a little wrinkle in it. And it was about an eight or nine month process to use that little indoor set that we use for a post show and when it rains. So, um, it was a lot of work. You're right, Weeksy. When a lot of work prior to, and like I do, I do a spreadsheet every year that I work on for like four months um, on boards and and moments and and the participants, interview schedules, who to contact, sports center plan. It's uh it's the it's the busiest one of the golf season for sure for us. Yeah, it's it's the busiest one, but it's it's the best one because that's yeah. the week where people tune in who might not particularly watch golf mm-hmm. every week, but everyone always watches the Masters. So I, yeah. I think that was important for people to learn how how, how it really all goes down uh, from Augusta National from a production side of things. But from a golf yeah. side of things, what was your overall perspective of what happened that Sunday? You can really go off anywhere here, Jamie, whether you want to talk about yeah. John Rahm, Phil the Thrill, or Brooks Kepka's demise or collapse. I, I was surprised. I think we were all surprised at Brooks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't think anybody predicted. I think even Graham, like he said, there's no way he's going to come back, but he ended up coming back. But I don't know if it would have mattered because John Rahm was so good. Um, it's just amazing what how he goes from a – four putt on the first hole and gets a break on the second hole and wins the tournament. But um, that's just the way John Rom's year's gone. Like he's clearly in control of every aspect of his game. Um, and I, I like Phil, that was fun. Like it, Phil, I don't know how you guys feel, but it looked like Phil had lost the fun in golf over the last couple of years because, you know, he, he took it on the chin with all the live stuff and, he just looked almost defeated at times. But when he started making birdies on Sunday, you know, the thumbs up was coming back. The smiles were coming back. And then the big fist pump at the end when he made birdie on 18, like it almost kind of maybe rejuvenated his game. So I'm kind of interested to see how Phil will do the rest of the major season. Um, you know, he, su- he surprises us all the time and he just did again at, uh, in April. So, it's it's crazy, but I, I, I was – that grouping of Spieth and Phil was pretty darn fun. Like, I think – what were they, 15 under on a – if they were playing at a best ball? 
Like it's it's crazy how how good they were um, on that Sunday, but just too far back to catch John Rump. It's it's amazing too when you um, when you hear some of the the uh, the comments we were doing talking about this with Winners Weird and What about how some people said, oh well, they didn't show Phil, they didn't show him on the broadcast, yeah, and and really he wasn't in the in the tournament until making those birdies on the last two holes. Right. He was just sort of another guy, and they did show him once in a while. But it it's um, I don't know. There was there was a lot of back and forth between the live and the, the live proponents and the PJ Tour proponents and. A lot of people seeming to bark that Phil didn't get his due recognition for how well he was playing. What did you like, think again, about that? I, I, you know, they showed him when they needed to. Uh, like, he made birdie on 12. They showed that. Um, you know, and Patrick Green got shown as well. And obviously, Brooks was being featured. But I agree with you. Like, you, you know, again, producing a golf, a golf tournament is a lot. There's a lot to keep, keep in mind. And when you have eight guys at five or six under, some guys aren't going to get you're, – you're kind of focusing on the four or five that are chasing the tournament, especially on a Sunday. And when he – like, again, I don't think there was any intent to hold off live guys. I think the live narrative of them, the woe is me narrative is, is garbage. You can make cases on the normal tour, but I don't believe that the major or the majors going forward, there, there will be anything like that. If Brooks Kepka was up there and everybody was loving it, then he's a live guy because Brooks Koepka can be one of the best players in the world. Um, I, don't buy the, I don't buy the narrative. Like The most overused term in golf right now is corrupt golf media, and it mostly comes from the live side of people. Um, it's, it's just ridiculous. Like It's become ridiculous, uh, this whole live versus the PGA thing. It's fun for because it keeps its news, and it's, it's entertaining for us, and it gives us stories to tell. But, man, it's getting out of hand. The whining and complaining by both sides – Really, yeah. It's uh, watching that on Twitter from time to time can be uh, both entertaining and flat out annoying. So uh, I, I'm yeah. curious to see. We got a major championship again, PGA Championship on the men's side. That's coming up in a month in uh, in Rochester. But on the LPGA Tour, Jamie, there is a major this mm-hmm. week as well at the Chevron Championship. And we spent some time, Bob and I, earlier in the show discussing Brooke Henderson. And we do the same thing on television, which starts at 1 p.m. on TSN 4 and 5. Given her win earlier this season, given her performance last year at the major championships, what are your expectations for Brooke this week? Well, I expect I expect her to contend almost every, every major um, because she's that good. Um I, it's a little concerning how she had like that little low Now it's tough. You know, she wins the first tournament and then doesn't play for a month. Um, mm-hmm. And it seems like, you know, we, we always said Brooke played too much and now she's kind of taken that other, she's gone the other way and now she's playing when she wants, like even didn't play LA where she's won before. Um, so I think Brooke is, I think you said a week ago on the, on the TV show, when it comes up is that she's, she's playing for the majors and she wants, she got her second finally. It had been a while, and she wants more of them, and that's what's going to cement her legacy. She's already the best Canadian to ever play, um, men or women. So she's just kind of cementing her legacy almost in the overall game of golf, right? You know, so many wins, but the major wins are what makes, or what makes it. And, you know, you know, she's got a window here of the next – five to seven years where she can 
really go and get as many majors as she can. And it's not easy because there's some, a lot of top players. But, you know, if you look at her, you know, the putting we always talk about, but, you know, around the green, she's improved so much. Um, even in, like, sand saves, like, she's over 50% this year, which is nowhere near where she's been over the years. So she kind of fine-tuning her game to make runs at these tougher tournaments, which she plays so well already, but just hasn't been able to break through as much as I think we probably would have thought. It's from, from a, from a pr- producer standpoint, put your producer hat on for just a minute mm-hmm. and, and tell me what, what she brings to, to, uh, to a broadcaster, to a viewer in Canada. How big do you think she is in Canada from a production standpoint? She, she moves the needle more than anybody in Canada, probably aside from Tiger Woods. Um, you know, the numbers bear out on, on clicks on our, on our website and on the LPGA leaderboards when she's playing. Um, everybody in Canada knows how good she is. Like, this is a, like, she's a superstar. She's a superstar level athlete for us in, on women's golf, um, as much as Alfonso Davies would be in soccer, as far as that level of how good she is. Um, so people, like, she, she gets everybody, right? Because she's a Canadian, and she's really good at her sport, and she can win. So everybody, any sportsman, even if you're not a golf fan, you want to know how Brooke's doing. And, you know, for us, that's, that's kind of the order, right? Like, Tiger still moves the needle as much as anyone, even though that's sort of going to go. But then it's Brooke, right? And, mm-hmm. and then it's the, probably the Canadian men right after that. And then Rory and Phil and all those guys after that. But that's, she's the needle mover in Canada right now. Um, and that's not going to change because she, she can win every tournament she tees up. We can't say that about every other Canadian golfer. Uh, she can win any tournament she, she tees it up in. Yeah, that's, that's such a good point. And I, I loved it when, you know, when she's been in the mix for to win a tournament. Or I, what I really loved was last year when she was winning the Evian Championship. And obviously with the time zone, it was in the morning. And, mm-hmm. you know, people were looking at your Twitter, Bob, and, and if they couldn't watch the broadcast and just refreshing, refreshing. And, oh, my God, she did it. Here we go. And mm-hmm. uh, so it, that, that was so cool. And, and you make such a good point about where she is in terms of uh, the significance of her as, as an athlete, Jamie. And uh, I, I can't wait to see her game continue to grow. And I can't wait to see her this week. Uh, Jamie, thanks so much mm-hmm. for your time today. Really appreciate it, my friend. Really appreciate that insight, too, about how a broadcast comes together. I know people will love that, too. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, perfect. Thanks, guys. That is Jamie Rydell from TSN, a producer extraordinaire. On the other side, we're going to tee up our two. We're going to also tell you about a little contest that TaylorMade's put on, including Brooke Henderson, that you can get involved. It's pretty easy, and you can win some serious swag. All that and more coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada. Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. 
How good would Myrtle Beach be right now with the GTA weather sort of on and off uh, going on? Uh, anyway, welcome back inside Golf Talk and Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. And here we are wrapping up hour one. Coming up in hour two, we're going to hear from our 20 weeks of TaylorMade Grand Prize winner, Christian Anderson. And it was really cool to speak with him, Bob, because he is, he was so you could just tell the excitement. You could just tell how, you know, he just went on a trip of a lifetime and, uh, you know, going to Casa de Campo, getting a full set of tailor-made clubs. Have you been to Casa de Campo, Bob? I never have. No, I've been to, uh, I've been to Dominican, but I've never been at Casa de Campo. It looks stunning. Yeah, it really does. And we get into the golf itself, which is mesmerizing, but everything else you can do around the entire community and the weather is always perfect and every time mark's gone he always sends these pictures and i always am very very jealous but uh, <laughs> anyway uh we'll hear from christian anderson uh, in hour two we all are also going to preview the live event this week because live golf is back and we're, we'll take a little a little look at who is playing uh we'll talk about can phil mickelson brooks kepka and patrick reed can they bounce back they're playing in australia and i'm i'm curious actually to see how these guys play because they're playing a lot of golf heading into the pga championship it'll be a different story than the masters they'll be pretty busy heading into that so we'll talk about that uh 20 weeks of TaylorMade continues here on gtc throughout uh the spring and summer but i have to touch here bob on a contest that TaylorMade is also doing for brooke henderson so let me read this out when brooke henderson battles for the lead you have a chance to win as well. If Brooke finishes in the top 10 in an official LPGA Tour event this season, we'll select a winner after each event. So this is a prize pool. If Brooke wins, the winner gets a full set of tailor-made clubs. Wow. If Brooke finishes in the top five, can win a tailor-made driver. Brooke finishes in the top 10, six dozen TP5 golf balls. All you have to do, tailormadegolfca slash Brooke contest and you'll have a chance to win. Bob, we have 20 weeks of TaylorMade. We have this. I mean, this is incredible, is it not? I think pretty sure, pretty, pretty soon the entire world will be playing with TaylorMade. There's just so many opportunities to, to win. And this is a really cool one tied into Brooke and the sponsorship, of course, that they have with Brooke. So I think this is a, this is a great opportunity. And, uh, and, of course, 20 weeks of TaylorMade, uh, as we're going to hear from Christian Anderson, if you're the big winner at the end of the year you will really get a great prize but lots of prizes week in and week out yes for sure it's uh, it's certainly uh, very exciting and there's also a pretty cool product that just uh, was released the burner mini driver which i'm really curious to, to see and uh, to really get you know take a look at it and see what kind of shots you can play uh, check out tailormadegolf.ca to learn all about the tailormade burner mini driver a little flash from the past from the 90s in terms of logoing coloring it's, it's a pretty cool looking driver on the other side we're going to kick off hour two by hearing again from matt fitzpatrick about slow play we're going to hear that to kick off hour two because he had some pretty interesting comments about what could be done how fast should we really be playing on the professional side we'll take another look at the Zurich classic of new orleans from a fan dual odds perspective a couple of canadian teams playing this week and we'll tell you our tsn edge picks for this week all that and more coming up in hour two right here on golf talk canada this segment of gtc presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by play golf myrtle beach the golf capital of the world. 
Thank you for listening to Hour 1 of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, Hour 2, the back nine here on GTC. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks, Z-Man off today. Coming up in Hour 2, we're going to hear from our 20 Weeks of TaylorMade Grand Prize winner, Christian Anderson, who just got back from Casa de Campo, a big part of that Grand Prize. We're going to have our TSN Edge picks for this week's Zurich Classic of New Orleans and take a look previewing the Live Golf event in Australia, where many of the players who finished inside the top 10 at the Masters, are back and playing. What can we expect from them? We'll just discuss that and much more at the bottom of the hour. But right now, Bob, in the world of golf, and really what's happened in the last many, many years in the world of golf, an issue that has been happening is slow play. Whether you're a weekend warrior trying to get in your four-hour round, or if you're teeing off at 2 o'clock at a club on a Saturday afternoon and you're still on the 17th tee and it's 7.15 p.m., you're like, what on earth is happening with my day here? Or if you're a professional golfer. And Brooks Kepka really started this, you could say, this recent run of, of comments with slow play about uh, he was highly critical about the group in front of them, uh, him and John Rahm, in the final round of the Masters, where Victor Hovland and Patrick Cantlay were uh, ahead of them, and there were some comments back and forth about this. But Matt Fitzpatrick is known as a very fast player. And just recently, in the last, sometime this morning, Fitzpatrick was asked about slow play in the world of golf and what can be changed. Let's hear from Fitzpatrick on what he thinks can happen with slow play. For me, the times need to be changed. I think the times need to be much less. And then that way, you know, when you're not within those times, then you're going to be penalized and, and you know, properly punished for being slow. I think they give us way too much leeway to get round. You're in the three ball, in my opinion, you should be rounding four hours, you know, four, four, four and a half absolute maximum. It's a disgrace to get anywhere near that. You know, you're talking five fifteen, five and a half at some venues and, and, and it's truly appalling. Um, the problem is, though, this you know this conversation's gone on for years and years and years, and and no one's ever done anything. So um, I feel like it's kind of a, it's almost a waste of time talking about it every time. It's um, I've got my opinions, they're probably strong opinions, but you know, PJ Tour, DP World Tour, no one's going to do anything about it. It's just the way it's just the way it's going to be. Well, aside from his Zoom reception there which was not obviously great uh fitzpatrick with some interesting comments there bob now do you think four hours for a three ball uh, on a professional at a professional tournament do you think is that too fast do you think or like i know broadcast windows generally if they're playing in a twosome they're hoping for 
4.15, perhaps, on a, on a Saturday or Sunday? What did you think from what, uh, what Fitzpatrick had to say? I don't think it was out of the realm of possibility. If you play like Matt Fitzpatrick, if you play like the speedy golfers who are out there, and I think everybody can do that. They just have to make major adjustments. Uh, but if you do small things, I mean, look, what, look what Fitzpatrick does. He preps when the other players are, are getting ready to hit their shots. So he's, by the time it's his turn to hit, he's got his club, he's got his line, he steps up to the ball and he hits it. And, and there's too much of this sort of standing around and I'm not going to do anything until it's my turn to, to do something. I mean, maybe they get a yardage or maybe they look at it a little bit, but nobody pulls a club and there's just too many uh, slow players out there. It's not just Patrick Cantley, although he's been taking the brunt of it. I think people may have seen the latest thing on Twitter where somebody held a, um, a stopwatch while he was preparing, and I think it was two minutes and 50 seconds to hit a shot. The issue is that the, the penalties that are in place are not being enforced. And until you enforce that, and that has to be strokes penalties, not a fine, because these guys are all millionaires. They don't need, it doesn't matter if they get fined $5,000 for being a little bit slow. You need to get these people on to uh, penalties and, and need to get the officials to give them out. It's not that different from what happens at your course and at my course and at every course across this country, slow play is caused because nobody thinks they're a slow player. If I did a survey of the membership at my course and said to everybody, are you, are you a slow player? I guarantee you it would be 100% that would say no because nobody understands that they're slow. And the only way you alert people to being slow is you point it out or you penalize them on the PGA Tour and that's what has to happen. It's it's so it's so fascinating. There's so many ways you could go with this. Like at my course at, at Bayview, there's uh, between like if you tee off before eight a.m., you're expected to play in three thirty, I believe. That's that's what that's what's expected. And the first group out, they have a responsibility to set the pace of play for the day. And if they come off slow, there is some sort of warning in place. And if it happens again. I don't know if this has changed or not, but you're not allowed to play that early again. And because you have a responsibility, it doesn't, you have to, I mean, people have lives too. I mean, everyone loves the game of golf, but you don't want to spend nine hours on the golf course. I, I, I do think Fitzpatrick has a good point where they have to change, you know, obviously a penalty in place would actually implementing a penalty would make the most sense, but there has to be an expectation, you know, play in maybe don't start in four hours for a three ball because some people I think would actually have to run to do that but you know started at 445 started at because these threesomes and and Mark Sakino would know best because he follows these guys on PGA Tour radio it's 515 five and a half hours and you know PGA Tour events can't finish second rounds on Friday afternoon because there's no daylight like Something has to change. What do you think, Bob, is a realistic time for a three ball to play professionally? Uh, I mean, it depends on if they're in the middle of the pack or they're the last group. If they're the last group, I'll give them a little leeway. You know, the last mm. couple of groups, you got a chance to win. You want to take a little bit more time, and it's a Sunday afternoon. But I think on Thursday, 420 should be, should be fine. You know, amateur golf does something with, I think I mentioned this to you on Monday, maybe they have something called speed gates. And essentially what it is, is there's a time as you go through the, through your round, you are expected to be at certain holes within a certain time of your tee off. So you get X amount of minutes, your whole group, the three of them. So you've got, there's a little bit of self 
uh, preservation. You've got to go and tell the other person, hey, come on, hurry up, we're going to miss our gate. And there was a story, I was trying to think of who it was, not that long ago where um, one of the top women amateurs in Canada missed the speed gate, was docked, I think, a stroke or two and lost the Canadian Amateur Championship because of it. So I, I like that speed gate because it doesn't just sort of have an end point. It's got points all the way through the day. And maybe it's just two on the front and two on the back or three on the front and two on the back or something. But I, I love that part where you're expected to be there. And if you're not, then, then you're going to get a penalty. It's very easy to enforce because there's a clock there. You don't have to have a shot clock necessarily on, on a cart like they did at the European Tour there for one of the tournaments. Um, but it's, it's, if people are aware of it, they're, they're going to have to move. They're certainly going to have to move, and whenever more players talk about this, we're going to play that audio and we're going to discuss it because this is something that will be an ongoing thing until, like you mentioned, Bob, that professional tours decide to actually penalize someone of significance at a significant moment. So looking forward to seeing what happens uh, going forward. Now getting back to the Zurich Classic of New Orleans, a team event this week, which is a little different, obviously, than what we usually play week to week on the PGA Tour. Patrick Cantlay, Xander Shoffley, overwhelming betting favorites at plus 290. Colin Morikawa, Max Holmes, second favorites at plus 750 on FanDuel. Sung J.M. Keith Mitchell at plus 950. And taking a little further look down the leaderboard, we have a pair of Canadians playing together. Nick Taylor and Adam Hadwit. Now, this is a cool story, Bob, not only because they're both Canadian, but because like these guys grew up together. They played at the same golf course. How cool is this for these guys to start at their own course and now play in, uh, at a PGA Tour event as partners? I'm actually shocked that they haven't played together before this. Now, I will say Nick's a little bit older than Adam, so they actually, Nick played a little bit more uh, with Adam's brother than with Adam, but they did play together, and I think they played in a couple of Canadian juniors together. And certainly they've known each other for 100 years or whatever, however, well, not 100, but 25 years or whatever it is. Um, and they've played for, for a while. They were playing this practice round, uh, Ontario versus, versus BC. It was Nick and Adam taking on uh, Mac and Corey. <laughs> and they played quite a, quite a number of, uh, of rounds together for a while. And I think the BC guys got handed their hats a number of times. So um, I don't know if they still do it or not now that there's a, a surplus of Canadians to go around. But I, I like these guys. They, and they're both playing well. I think I've said this before on this show. I think Nick Taylor's having his, the best year of his career in terms of consistency. He hasn't got that win yet, but he's playing exceptionally well. And I think Adam Hadwin uh, has, is also playing well in a couple of, you know, little spurt moments i guess he's had a couple of missed cuts but i i'd really do like uh i like the way these guys play and i think there's some good value and if you look at the numbers i i uh, when i first saw them they were at plus 3400 so i don't know what they are at now but um but i may have come down just a touch but plus 3400 is good good value well actually bob they're plus 3600 now so their odds ah, are there you go so plus 3600 for guys like nick taylor who you mentioned has just had a great year and you got to think just from a mental perspective, mentally, that, you know, Adam Hadwin, you know, we, we've talked about his swing changes. His swing changes are in place now. He's playing some good golf. He finished T13 at the Players' Championship. You've got to think that this guy's motivated. Didn't make the Masters, and he sees all the guys play Mike Weir's 20th anniversary uh, of winning the Masters. Doesn't make the President's Cup team last year. Sees Corey Connors win. Sees Mackenzie Hughes win. Sees Adam Svensson win. 
sees Brooke Henderson win again. You've got to think that Adam Hadwin is just chomping at the bit. And what better way to get that dub than this week at Zurich? Yeah, and, and this counts for all the big big prizes that you get when you normally win a single, right? You get two-year exemption. You get, uh, I don't know if you get the Masters invite, but you do get quite a bit of all, all those uh, perks that go with winning, including a big fat check. But I think Adam Hadwin would like to win. He would like to be a guy who gets back in that winner's circle, like you said, to keep pace with the rest of the Canadian group. And looking down the board, before we go to break here, it is fun to see some other players who are in this field. Uh, most notably, we have to give a shout-out here again to John Daly and David Duval, And their odds this week are the longest, tied with a host of other teams, at plus 85,000. So a lot of value there, Bob. Well, I'm not sure what we're expecting golf-wise from these two, but it's more just, like you said on TV too, this is going to draw people because people are going to want to watch these guys, whether they're somehow leading this golf tournament or in last. What do you think about seeing these two guys partner together? Well, it's going to be entertaining, that's for sure. Now, David Duval, as I've said many times, is kind of this uh, – uh, quieter, cerebral guy, great player, you know, won a major championship. I think he's got 13 victories on the tour. And then you got John Daly, who's kind of loud and out there and not afraid to, to talk to the crowd as he's going along. And he's going to, he's a quick player, by the way, very quick player. You don't have to worry about him uh, holding you up. So I think just from an entertainment value, I'm, I'm not even, I'd love to hear the story of how they got these two guys to agree to play together in, in this tournament. It would have been, would be pretty interesting to learn that one too. I'd love to be a fly on that wall for the conversation that had to, or the text chain that went, went down between those two to create that, uh, that duo. We should also mention before going to break the other all Canadian duo, P Taylor Pendrith and Michael Gligic at uh, plus 15,000 uh, to win this week or 150 to one. Looking forward to seeing these two Canadian duos play this week at the Zurich classic of new Orleans coming up on the other side. We're going to go one-on-one -on -one with Christian Anderson who won our 20 weeks of Taylor made grand prize last season. This is golf talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney asset management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit CobbleBeach.com today. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Scully and Weeks here with you. Well, as you know, 20 weeks of TaylorMade is something we do throughout the summer. For 20 weeks of the year, we give away a lot of tailor-made product this year we're giving away over forty thousand dollars of tailor-made gear and our grand prize a trip for two to casa de campo as well as a full set of tailor-made clubs well our grand prize winner from last year christian anderson just went to casa de campo so i thought why not let's have christian on the show to discuss his experience in casa de campo and what it was like getting fitted for a whole new set of Taylor May Clubs. Now joining us is the grand prize winner of 20 weeks of Taylor Made from last year, Christian Anderson, who was just in Casa de Campo. Christian, welcome to Golf Talk Canada. 
Thanks for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So when you hear that 20 weeks of Taylor made grand prize winner, can you still believe it happened? No, no, can't believe it. Very, uh, the gratitude is still going. So, so happy. Oh man, we were, uh, it's, it was so cool uh, to get your, hear your response and both on social media and, and to us directly too, but we'll get into that. But I have to ask you right off the hop, you know, as we record this here in the GTA, we got snow on the ground. We had <laughs> summer-like conditions last week, but you were just in Casa de Campo. What was that experience like for you? Uh, it was amazing. Uh, right off, right off the plane. Um, they, uh, had a private, uh, private shuttle pick us up with, uh, you know, Senor Anderson on the card, um, took us directly to the, to the resort and the resort itself is huge. Like almost like, uh, like Disneyland-esque, you know, you get into the gate and you're still a couple of kilometers to the main building. Wow. Okay. So how many, how many rounds of golf did you play? I played five rounds in five days. Uh, and, uh, I think if I had to do it again, I think 81 holes is my limit. Uh, I was more over par on the last nine holes than I was the previous 24 holes. It was funny. Mm -hmm. I think just those last nine, that just, I was done. Yeah. And so, uh, what were, I, I've, I've never personally been to Casa de Campo, obviously Mark Sacchino has been multiple times, including, uh, earlier this year. What was the weather like? What, what were the conditions like? Well, my, my wife made fun of me. Uh, we checked out the weather and it was supposed to rain every day we were there. And I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah. Um, but when we got down there, it was picture perfect weather 98% of the time. Um, it had rained once, I think on day two, but I was already off the golf course. Uh, and we went up to, uh, Altos, uh, de Chevron, which was a part of the hotel area. And I was the only one carrying an umbrella and it didn't rain. I think just people are just used to the forecast. <laughs> yeah. So you, you mentioned that there. So aside from the golf within Casa de Campo, uh, what were some of the other experiences that, that really stood out to you within Casa de Campo? Uh, I saw my first polo match. Uh, they had the, uh, the polo final there that week uh, with, uh, with the Casa de Campo team there. Uh, so me and my wife and the, my daughter, we went out to, uh, see it. Um, the neat thing, and I've never noticed this about polo, uh, at, I guess, halftime, I guess the guests or the, the spectators, they all go out onto the pitch and they fix the divots. It's amazing. I'm thinking we need this in golf. We need, we need a halftime in golf where people just go out and fix the divots. <laughs> See, now we're talking here. I, I think I think the next time you go to a polo match, you know, pull out the divot repair tool, get ready to rock. Oh, man, that that's exceptional. We're in conversation here with our 20 weeks of tailor-made grand prize winner from 2022, Christian Anderson. Now, of course, a big part of that grand prize is the trip you just went on to Casa de Campo. But, of course, the fitting experience at TaylorMade when did uh, did it exceed your expectations did it meet your expectations of being uh, getting to you know be like Rory McIlroy for a day yeah it it, uh, it it certainly exceeded the expectations uh Jared was the master fitter that had done my fitting and he was phenomenal from start to finish uh never felt rushed uh you know and it was just an amazing experience we went through pretty much you know every uh 
you know, every club, every swing, uh, he really took the time to do it right. Uh, and he also showed me, I don't want to get him in trouble, but he showed me some of the stuff that was coming ahead in January, February, because I did my fitting in December. Mm, wow. Okay. So now had you been fit before? Uh, I had probably about a dozen years ago. Mm -hmm. So, so for someone who hasn't done it before, like how cool is the experience where they, they put all the sort of nodes on you and, and you see yourself, it's almost like a video game. Just how cool is that experience? Like, Oh, it's fantastic. It, it gives you a different sense of where your club is in your swing, where you think you, it would be, um, you know, I've practiced before with mirrors behind me, but nothing like seeing every inch of, uh, myself head to toe and then where that club is in relation to my body. Um, I was surprised, uh, coming off an injury and not, not swinging the club a lot throughout the fall, how, how good my lineup was in comparison. Mm -hmm. Um, now I just need to take that to the course. That's, and, and that's the name of the game for everyone, whether you're a five handicap or a 25 handicap. And the cool thing about that was, you know, in the days, weeks after your fitting, you were posting as some of the boxes were coming to your front doorstep, yeah. you know, after, you know, once these were starting to come in and you started to see your new gear and peel off the plastic, what was that like? Oh, it was great. Um, funny story. Um, I wanted to hit a simulator before heading down to Casa. Mm -hmm. And uh, the only thing I was waiting on were my wedges. And I'm literally getting in the car to go to hit uh, the simulator and the wedges arrived. So now I'm at the simulator and I'm peeling the plastic off the wedges. I can only imagine what people were thinking. Like, does this guy just go buy clubs? Uh, but yeah, it was good. Uh, and the wedges, uh, wow. They, the high toe wedges mm -hmm. spin and bite and just phenomenal around the greens. That that's awesome. Now, you know, everyone, you know, loves talking about wedges, but you know, everyone really loves talking about the driver and how much more distance they're getting from whatever previous model club you had to what you now have in the bag. How much of an, of an improvement have you seen? It was great. Um, I've been a tailor-made uh user my entire life. Um started out with a tie bubble two uh driver way back when. Uh, and I've used the R11 for a long time. In fact, I've, you know, I was, I used the M1, the M2, didn't like it, went back to the R11. Uh, the slider, the sim, went back to the R11. Uh, safe to say, I think the R11 is going to be retired. Uh, the Stealth 2 was amazing. Um, just even on mishits, it was going great where I wanted it to go. It was fantastic. It was almost like point and click. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's almost like a video game right it's a little unfair at times oh man that's awesome well absolutely you know you won it last year and now it, we're in a bit of a different format this year of fantasy pool but if you could give any advice to someone looking to sign up you've won the grand prize you've yeah. won, you've won it all what kind of advice would you give someone thinking about wanting to sign up for 20 weeks of TaylorMade? uh just do it I've had uh, I've had a few friends already. I've told to sign up, and they said, "Oh, I don't, we don't know anything about you know betting golf or anything like that." And I just said, "Look, have fun. Uh, pick your players, and as long as you've you know picked your players and played a few events, you're going to be in the draw for the end, right?" So it's you know at that point, it's just it doesn't really matter. <laughs> just go and have fun with it.
Yeah, you're right. Well, well, Christian, again, congratulations on winning the grand prize last year. So excited for you that you got to enjoy the golf trip of a lifetime in Casa de Campo. And now you have a brand new set of TaylorMade clubs. Christian, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you so much. <laughs> Awesome to catch up with uh, Christian Anderson and Bob. You could just feel and hear the excitement in his voice to uh, to get this done and get the victory. You know, it's kind of cool. We go on here every week and you and we announce, or we talk about the prizes. We talk, we name a winner sometimes on on social media and things like that. And then when you actually hear the person win, the actual winner of it. You know, in my previous life before I got into golf journalism. I uh, used to work for the Ontario Lottery Corporation, and I gave out the big checks to people. <laughs> that was my prize, believe it or not. I worked at the prize office. There's more detail to it, but it's always kind of cool to see the winners and see how grateful and how, in some cases, that case, it changed their lives. But this, this just came, changes uh, Christian's golf life, but it's pretty cool. Wow. Okay. I just learned something I didn't know about you and we spend a lot of time together. Okay. This is something for another day for sure. Okay. That is awesome. But no, thanks again for Christian Anderson for joining us as well. Go on our website, 20 weeks of TaylorMade. Uh, it's on golftalkcanada.com. You can check it out. You can sign up for a fantasy pool over $40,000 in prizing available for this year. Coming up on the other side, we're going to take a look at the live golf event coming up this week in Australia and really take a deep dive into what we can really expect from Brooks Kepka and Phil Mickelson. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Well, a lot of the major storylines heading into the Masters was about live players and the PGA Tour players really coming together and playing in the same tournament for the first time in quite some time. Sure, they played together in the Open Championship in the U.S. Open last year, but this was significantly more. 18 live players were in the Masters field, which did start at 88 players. Of course, there were a few withdrawals before and during the tournament but live golf is back this week in australia in adelaide australia where some of these players who made some noise at the masters will be playing this week and it's interesting uh, live golf is actually making history this week bob not to poke fun at them at all because their history has not been very long but the captains are playing together in the first four groups for the first time and all other teammates are playing together for the first time in the same group so I don't know, like, does this mean, you know, four-footer, that's good. You know, pick it up, pace a play. It might take two hours to play in a shotgun start. What do you think about this? I'd like to think that these guys have a higher standard, at least most of them. <laughs> but we know maybe there's some few exceptions out there, not naming any names. But the it's an unusual thing for sure because you've, you've got a team aspect of it, obviously, and the guys are trying to help each other play well because the bigger the – better they do the bigger the check but on the other side there's also an individual part to it where they're playing against each other 
So do you call rules on each other? Do you call infractions? Do you monitor a guy and say, hey, maybe you better not uh, move that uh, ball or that rock or whatever it is, you know, that ball wasn't embedded in the, in the ground, I don't think. So it's a little unusual for me to think that they would do that. Um, this, this, on the other side of it, you know, this will likely be the largest attended live golf event. I think they're expecting some pretty big crowds out there, so maybe the uh, maybe the fans will keep the uh, the guys in order a little bit and not uh, make sure there's none of those uh, gimme for three foot gimmies going around uh, when when the guys get on the course. Well, and, and that's been a major factor here is that and what all these all the players who have gone over to live have spoken about is this team aspect. So, like, I'm not trying to joke around here. Like, genuinely, I am curious to see like if three guys are on a par three together. Are they going to club off each other? I mean, like we've seen, there were stories about what happened at the Masters and on the 15th hole, we don't have to get back into that about whether there was a five shown, et cetera. But I mean, I, I don't think we're going to say, we're going to going to see Patrick Reed turn to Peter Uline for the four aces and say, I hit my four iron here. I kind of hit it off the heel a little bit, maybe hit your three, I, but maybe, I don't know. But like they're teammates, right? What, what about... What about just things like uh, backstopping, not not marking your ball, or what about uh, making sure that someone has a good eye on the line, or um, you know, there's all sorts of little ways, like you said, you know, clubbing off each other, which which goes on. Listen, let's let's not kid ourselves. That goes on every week on the PGA Tour. People look into each other's bags. There's some subtle uh, ways of doing it. Um, if you're giving the number to a TV cameraman or a TV producer, or somebody's on the course or something, you, you know, the other. Uh, one of the other players can certainly see that. So I don't know. It, it just sort of raises your hackles a little bit. I, I think it's kind of cool on one side that you have the team playing together, but it would be better if they were just a team, not an individual and as well as a team. Well, I, I'm curious to see what goes on with that, but specifically some of the players that stole the headlines aside from John Rahm at the masters were Phil Mickelson and Brooks Kepka. Now let's start with Kepka because this guy really had a legitimate real shot. The tournament was in his hands before his 30 holes on Sunday didn't go the way he wanted. From an odds perspective, looking, there are no odds posted right now uh, for the live golf event uh, as, as I'm looking here on FanDuel. But for the PGA Championship, Bob, Brooks Kepka has the fifth shortest odds to win at, tw- at plus 2100 or 21 to 1 tied with Jordan Spieth, looking to complete the career Grand Slam with a victory, and defending champion Justin Thomas. Now, during the Masters, Kepka's odds to win the PGA Championship were around 50 to 1, or plus 5,000. So you can see how the odds makers have seen that performance, and they've moved. How do you like that number and where Kepka's sitting in terms of tied for the fifth shortest odds with the next major a month away. Boy, it's it's hard to uh, it's hard to pick that one out because you know prior to to playing at uh, at the Masters, he was not really having a great season out there, and and we saw the Netflix special where he was sort of crying and saying his career was over, and he made a, even made a comment in the in the interview room at the Masters saying if he'd been um, playing a little bit better, maybe he had wouldn't have gone over to live, or it would have made the decision more difficult. I guess to be fair to the accuracy of the quote. But but uh, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I guess it's worth a flyer, but but I don't know. It just seems like Kepka seems like a guy who can, when he's healthy, can really bring it. He can still crush it. He can still hit every shot in the bag, and he's still 
is that sort of guy who performs well at the bigger events. So, yeah, I, I, I think he's probably warranted those odds. And he's got, and we saw that throughout the first three days. And, you know, he didn't have his best stuff on Sunday. That's, that's just clear at, at Augusta National. But he had that moxie back. He had that swagger back. You could tell the way he was walking that it's sort of like, He's, he knows how good he is. He knows he is healthy again. And I, I really, I took some time, Bob, because after each of his first two rounds, he was in the media center and he spoke to the media for upwards of 20 minutes each time. And he really like went into detail about the injury that happened, how he, he slipped at home and then his leg was like facing the wrong way. And then he tried to move his kneecap and it shattered his kneecap. I hopefully no one's eating while listening to that but i mean if if that is indeed accurate and then he played and then he had surgery and then he played golf three weeks later at the 2021 masters missed the cut then he finished second to phil mickelson at the 2021 pga championship you know like this guy's been through a lot but his past major championship record shows he's got four wins if he picks up a fifth win like he's moving up into the not all-time greats in the world in the history of the world of golf but pretty much like in the top 20 probably no yes <laughs> i think there's 20 players who've won five 19 players who've won five or more major yeah. championships that's pretty rare error and and kepka has was really a round and a half away from from achieving that he made what did he go he went 22 holes at one point on sunday without making a birdie and his game as he admitted just dried up but he wasn't that far off. I mean, he was like the Kepka who won those four majors in, in quick succession. And I think, I think that uh, now, having seen what he did at the Masters, you still have to count him as a guy who could probably do it again, probably go on a yeah. run. I'm really curious to see uh, Brooks Kepka here at the PGA Championship. And not only, of course, this week, too, on the Live event. I'm trying to currently find the Phil Mickelson odds, but I cannot at this moment. But anyway, for Phil Mickelson... Heading into the Masters, he played nine rounds on Live Golf, and he had shot in the 60s in only three of them. And then he shows up at the Masters, and you've covered Phil forever, Bob. Like he, he goes to the media, and he's, you know what, I'm close. Like I know my game is close. I'm ready to go on a tear. Shoots a couple under the first couple days. Yeah, you know what, I'm really close. And then he shocks the world and finishes T2 at the Masters. I mean, for the PGA, I mean, for the U.S. Open, a chance to complete the career Grand Slam three weeks ago before the Masters, this was not even on the remote case of possibilities that he could really do this. But if Phil continues to hone in his game here, and sure, it's a different format. Sure, there's everything with Liv. That aside, he is playing more golf heading into not only the PGA Championship, but the U.S. Open. I think we'll be doing some sort of essay on this heading into the U.S. Open. And maybe it's sort of a, why not? Like, you know, he's come close before let's, and he's playing well. Why not? Let's, let's see how he plays in the next few live events. Let's see how he plays in the PGA Championship. Don't forget the one thing we're talking about here is Phil Mickelson playing great at Augusta National. Of course, he knows mm -hmm. like the back of his hand. So there's a little bit of an advantage there. But, you know, nothing, not taking anything away from him. The guy did play great golf. He was a good player. Uh, especially on Sunday, and, and I think he got enthused a little bit. I mean, he still was sort of this, um, I don't know, not sullen's not the right word, but he was just this 
strange guy in every press conference, the rumor about him just sitting by himself at the, the champion's dinner. And he, every second word out of his mouth was grateful. You know, I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful to be playing well. And he was just sort of like a, like a, like a neutered dog is the only example I can give where he's just kind of sort of sitting there and, and uh, um, just sort of doing nothing. I don't know. And then, man, he just flies on, on Sunday with a great performance. So uh, I want to see what he does in the PGA Championship before I'm ready to say anything about the, uh, the U.S. Open. So Phil Mickelson not listed on the odds books right now for either the PGA Championship or the U.S. Open. I'm sure that'll change as we get closer to both of those tournaments. Of course, Phil is one of the captains for the high flyers, and he is playing round one with a fellow captains, Bryson DeChambeau and Sergio Garcia. Coming up on the other side, we'll wrap up today's show. We'll give you our TSN edge picks for the Zurich Classic of New Orleans and update you on when you can see Bob and I next because throughout the day, you'll see us a couple times on TSN. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac, experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of Lightstrike and Lightstrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Love to hear the Adidas ZG23 shoes. Bob, have you had a chance to wear any, uh, any uh, new footwear that's come your way from Adidas? I haven't yet. I've uh, I've got them. I've, they've arrived there. They look great. <laughs> I'm going to uh, slip them on. Hopefully on the weekend. I've got a tee time for Saturday. We'll see what the weather, if the weatherman thinks I should play or not. But uh, I, I remember you telling me how about how how light they were and how comfortable. Yeah, you know. So I wore them the new ZG23 that we just heard in that opening billboard in Los Angeles, and I had them on for about eight hours consecutively because it was a it was a long bus ride to the golf course. It was a four and a half hour round of golf, so the pace of play was good. And foursomes, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I am smiling while saying that because the pace of play was very good, <laughs> uh, literally. And uh, and then afterwards, the bus ride back. So call that seven, eight hours, and my feet were totally fine and very comfortable. And uh, it's a great shoe. So uh, go check them out uh, at Adidas Golf. Uh, dot ca uh, very busy time now in the world of golf the chevron championship first lpga major of the year and the zurich classic of new orleans now as we do every week on wednesdays during our radio show we always give our tsn edge picks for that week's pga tournament of course this is a team event bob give us your three picks your three teams for this week at the zurich <laughs> all right uh i am going with the uh the favorite no surprise surprise uh, Cantley and Shoffley, I'm going to go with, with them. Defending champs, ready to try and make it two in a row. This will be their third partnership um, with the first year producing a tie for 11th. I'm going to go for my second pick with Sam Burns and Billy Horschel. They were runners-up last year. Uh, they got it to 27-under, which I think would have won basically every other year, except, that, uh, except for last year. Uh, they, were, they were two shots back, by the way, at 27-under. It's still pretty good. A uh, year before that, the two finished tied for fourth at 18-under. And Horschel has won this before back in 2018 when he played 
with Scott Piercy, and I think their games match up pretty well together. I think they've got uh, um, Horschel, who's really good on the greens. Burns is good on the greens, too, but he's really good off the tee as well. So I like that pick. And then I'm going to go with uh, the Canadian guys, Nick Taylor and Adam Hadwin, just for all the reasons we said earlier in the show. I think the, these two guys know each other. They've known each other for 100 years. They know each other's games inside and out. They're comfortable. Now, I will say the one thing, as Canadians, um, they'll probably say sorry to each other a lot, even though even though that's what you're not supposed to do when you're when you're on the golf course and in these two formats. So those are my three picks. How about you? Sorry, sorry. Yes, we'll, we'll be hearing a lot of that for sure. Okay, so uh, from an odds perspective, Patrick Cantley, Xander Shoffley plus two ninety, Billy Horschel, and Sam Burns plus thirteen hundred, uh, Nick Taylor, Adam Hadwin plus thirty six hundred. As for me, I'm starting off with Siwoo Kim and Tom Kim played well at the Presidents Cup together. They're a plus. 1500. Then I have Sahith Tagala and Justin Sa at plus 2100. And my last pick is Tom Hoagie and Harris English at plus 4100. So a little further down the betting board in terms of value. As for Mark, he likes uh, Shoffley and Cantley as well at plus 290. He also has Siwoo and Tom Kim at plus 1500. And he has Kurt Kitayama and Taylor Montgomery at plus 2400 now bob we are back together in about an hour just over an hour on tsn four and five where we'll take a deep dive into what we can expect from brooke henderson this week it is the first lpga major of the year at the chevron championship looking for a third career major if at the, if she goes on to win this bob just give, if you can, what kind of significance would that be, not only for us who cover golf every day, but for the entire landscape of the world of sports in Canada? Well, uh, man, it's like now you get to three majors. Now you're really starting to ramp things up. And this is the first major of the year, so you still got four more where she could add to it. But it, it just, I mean, it just amplifies her, her records already even that much more. And maybe, maybe these uh, friends of ours who vote for the um, Canadian Athlete of the Year might give her a little bit more credit. Uh-huh. I've, I've heard some of the goings-on that goes on at those meetings from some of the people who are voters on there, and it's just mind-boggling. I mean, she is right now going beyond golf. I think she is the preeminent female athlete in this country and possibly one of the top five athletes, male or female, in the country. And if she wins this, boy, look out. Yeah, that would be awesome to see. Looking forward to seeing Brooke Henderson in the mix this week. And as well, we'll have an all LPGA Chevron Championship edition of Speed Golf coming up on SportsCenter and TSN.ca. Bob, thanks for a great show today. We'll see you as uh, on television in an hour and a little bit for Speed Golf too. Coming up next on TSN 1050. Here we go again. The Leafs, not the best effort in game one, a 7-3 loss. Al's brother, Julia Tacheri, will be here for Leafs Lunch to take a look back on the debacle that was game one. Thanks so much for joining us today. And remember, the first good decision for the golf course always starts in the closet. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the ZG23. ZG23 continues to push limits on lightweight performance footwear with introduction of Lightstrike and Lightstrike Pro technology. They're light. They perform. They're here to compete. Visit adidas.ca slash golf.
Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.